Welcome back to the Movie Babble podcast. As always, you can find us online at moviebabblereviews.com. And today on this episode, we've got myself joined by Nick. My usual co-host, Brennan, is not here. He's currently in the Caribbean. He's doing something in regards to Aztec treasure he lost or needed to find or some gibberish I didn't really understand. But hopefully he'll be back next week. And today, Nick and I are going to talk about the top five at the box office this weekend, including new opening films, Alita, Battle Angel, Happy Death Day to You, and Isn't It Romantic? Then we're also going to dive into some DCEU news, a few miscellaneous box office items, an update with the Oscars, and some reactions about the latest Aladdin trailer. Enjoy! But, I mean, they've been advertising this for almost a year, just with it being moved back a couple times and then uh, being moved back again once Fox decided to reshape their X-Men timeline again with the, the Disney merger. And so I'm honestly kind of exhausted by the trailers for this movie. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say I have just a huge desire to see it. I probably still will just because, I mean, there's nothing else really to see next weekend. Um, but I, I never had high anticipation for this just because it has been shuffled around quite a bit. Um, it is an anime adaptation, which those typically are a little bit harder to translate, uh, domestically. Um, they, you know, tend to fare a little bit better in Asia, but domestically those are pretty hit and miss. And I mean, honestly, I'm just not a huge fan of James Cameron. Um, I That's might <laughs> be kind of the odd person out here, but. I don't think Avatar is that great of a movie. Um, I think it. I think it looks really good, and I think you know technologically it was kind of mind blowing ten years ago. But as a movie, I don't really care for it, and I find similar apathy with a lot of Cameron's movies, except Titanic. Um, that one's a classic for me. Yeah, it's one of those things where I totally agree with you, by the way, and it's. I forget who who said this, so I can't attribute it to them. The, uh, the quote to him, but they said, um, "Avatar is the most successful movie to have the least amount of uh, cultural influence ever." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just it it came, it made a shit ton of money, and we never really talk about it again. Which is, I mean, future discussion for years down the road. But that's why I'm interested to really see how these Avatar movies do sooner or later. Um, but yeah, Alita, it's could be as you were mentioning with all the trailers and all the moving around of release dates it was supposed to be uh released last july then it moved to christmas and now we're here in february um they're just they've just been marketing this movie for so long that i've seen estimates where they uh some box office insiders are suggesting that the movie has to break about 500 to 550 million uh worldwide um to just to break even on this movie so we're looking at 130 million right now. Um, it's not looking great <laughs> for this movie. Um, I I want to give a credit because it's it's a bonkers movie that I kind of liked. It was really angry and violent, and it's just for the Robert Rodriguez directed this movie, and it feels like a Robert Rodriguez blockbuster movie because it's just so chaotic and all over the place, which I kind of appreciated. But yeah, like you were saying, I don't think this is gonna really just translate to to U.S. audiences, so the the onus is really on the foreign market, 
Um, uh, we, you never know. This movie might really hit it big overseas. Like I said earlier, it still has to open in China and Japan, which you would think would have pretty, like, it would do pretty well in both of those territories. So, I don't know. Um, it's really, it's a weird movie that begs for a sequel, and I'm not sure we're going to get that sequel. So, Yeah, I mean, it, it could wind up like Bumblebee, because it, it opens about the same rate domestically that Bumblebee did. And if it just hits overseas, then maybe it'll plug along. But kind of going off what you said, if they've marketed it, you know, for almost a year at this point, there's so much money sunk into it. I, I don't know how big of an opening you'd actually need in China to to open up the door for any more Alita sequels. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I guess I, if we're looking at future weekends at the at the box office, we have the next like big budget movie that's kind of in line with Alita would probably be Captain Marvel, and that's March mid March sometime. So it has a few weeks at the top to kind of uh, just drive home with its core audience that it's uh, marketing towards. Uh, I mean, there's some bigger movies so, yeah, we have, we'll talk about it later probably, but How to Train Your Dragon 3 is coming out next week. But as far as movies in its, in its, uh, in its own um, area, it's just, it's kind of has its own area uh, room to work with for a while. So we'll see. I mean, as with most movies, the legs are what's really going to drive this movie home, but I I don't feel I don't feel good for the start for Alita. Um, I hope for it the best, but I think Fox is gonna be in trouble with this one. So, I mean, on the bright side, it's Disney's problem in a few weeks. There you go. So <laughs> they can pass it off. That's true. Which that that was another concern of mine. Uh, speaking of passing it off, is James Cameron in a few interviews this week. With so so granted, he's not the the director but he's been heavily involved with it but he was been very public about uh claiming it as robert rodriguez's movie and so that's whenever you see that with a producer it always kind of tends to be iffy and i've heard a lot of iffy things about it you know as far as how good it is and and you know whether or not it's a, a terrible movie or not yeah it's it's again it's it's a, it's a crazy movie. It's all over the yeah. place in a way that I kind of appreciated. But I, yeah, Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron go back quite a while. I, they're pretty good friends. But as you were saying, James Cameron has had sort of a history of passing the blame onto other things and projects he's been involved in. So you're, you could be totally right there. Um, yeah, I don't hate this movie as much as I hated Terminator Genesis. This movie is far, far better than that. Uh, we 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 won't even want to mention that and open some closed wounds there. But <laughs> yeah, this movie is just kind of weird, and I appreciate it for being weird. But I just don't think a lot of other people are gonna look at it the same way. So it's an odd movie. What can I say? Sorry, Alita. <laughs> yeah, well, in a few weeks when Captain Marvel opens up, it'll end its run, and we can reevaluate it there. But as you said, I'm not sure how strong its legs are gonna be. Um, but speaking of actually having pretty strong legs, the Lego Movie 2 carried on a little bit higher than I, I thought it would. So it came in at about a 38% drop at $21.2 million, which, again, is nowhere near where the original opened up. But, you know, as far as holding on and still earning a decent amount of money, it's still kind of hanging in there. Yeah, it's... I. 
I really hope for the best for the Lego movie. This is a good drop in terms of week to week. It's about 37-ish percent. So that's really good for its kind of timeline at the box office itself. Um, and looking at estimates for the movie or for its budget are about $99 million. Um, so it's at 97 so which isn't great after two weekends. I mean, you'll have a little bit of a bump tomorrow uh, for President's Day where people say it's supposed to do pretty well. I mean, all movies do pretty well on President's Day. Um, but so if we're going by the – I like to subscribe to the – especially with blockbuster movies, the 2.5 multiplier rule for your, your budget. So you kind of think when you include all the marketing and whatnot costs above the production – um, budget, that's kind of where the break-even point is. So you look at this, and it's 99 So about 250 this movie has to get to to start making serious money for Warner Brothers, and I don't I don't really see it getting there. Um, it has a few markets it still has to open in. Uh, I think it's like France and Italy or something like that, but that's not... <laughs> you're not going to find hundreds of millions of dollars in those two um, markets, so... I mean, I really, I really hope for the best. I hope this movie it keeps legging it out because I really, really like it, and it's a really delightful follow-up to, in my opinion, one of the best animated movies of the last decade. So, um, it's yeah, it's kind of a bummer. I really hope the best for it. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoyed it, and I thought thought it was a terrific sequel. I'm still surprised it's not you know, coming anywhere close to what the original opened. And I mean, yeah, it's a I, expected, I expected a little bit of a drop off, but I thought it'd sit, you know, more around the Lego Batman movies opening um, or even the Lego Batman movies total, which was <laughs> a little over 300 million. But I mean, at this rate, yeah, I, I don't know how many more Lego movies we're going to get based on this performance. Yeah. I saw, I actually saw news a few weeks ago. Um, I forget what those damn toys are called, but it's the ones with like the really big eyes and the weird head. Talk, um, talking about the Duplo movie or not the Duplo, the uh, Playmobil movie. Maybe uh, there's something where Warner brothers is looking to make a movie out of like a toy line. Um, I forget what those toys are called, but they're the really weird looking ones that everyone loves and collects. But anyway, um, the idea of it would be that they could like, bring in like, Hey, Iron Man is mixing with whatever. Cause apparently Warner brothers owns those rights somehow uh, for the toys. So it looks like they're seeing the writing on the wall with all these Lego movies and saying like, Hey, we, <laughs> we got to move into some other toy driven animated movie um, to kind of make our money here. Cause even Lego Batman wasn't very successful for them, which is kind of a bummer. So um, I think, this is just like a weird timing for Warner Brothers for their animation group. Um, I don't really know what they're trying to do. It seems like they're just trying to be profitable and go off of IP rather than like the Pixar route, which is and go for like just really interesting and anime, really interesting stories. Um, but yeah, this is, it's not looking great for them right now, which is kind of a bummer because like you said, Lego movie two is really, really fun. It's so it's so weird and hilarious, and Chris Pratt is just great, and two voice roles. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's it is it is a bummer. Um, I know it's the drop is looking pretty good, but I don't really see where this movie is going to get all of its money, which makes me sad. But 
Yeah, it's really bothering me that I can't think of the name of that movie that you're thinking of because there's a trailer for one that are that the toys are like Legos, but I can't I I can't think of what it is. Yeah. <laughs> you vamp for a little bit. I'll just use my computer. Um <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm disappointed in in the Lego movie too and yeah, I think there, I mean, there's always been, you know, board game movies in various stages of development. And then, I mean, when Transformers came out 10 years ago to 11 years ago, uh, 12 years ago now, man, that movie's old. Uh, when that came out, you know, that kind of revolutionized everybody's ideas on, you know, what brands could be made into toys. And then again with the Lego movie, because I mean that there was really nothing to go off off of with a Lego movie other than just, oh, all the characters need to be plastic bricks. And so yeah. I think the production companies and studios are still trying to figure out where a good balance is with that. And I think with Transformers moving to Netflix for the most part, um, I, th- I think it's more of an animated tie-in, but it's still a prequel to the movies, if I understand correctly. I think mm-hmm. we might see a bit more of a shift that direction into more netflix content but i mean i can't say for certain yeah there's been a ton of like lego stuff on um just like everywhere like lego versions like there's been those lego star wars video games for like years now or something like that yeah um so yeah i can't find the name of the toy and it's gonna bother me for forever but anyway uh um yeah that's it's it's a shame. I really want these this movie to do well because it's it's really well written and, and really intelligent um, in all its zaniness. And it's also by Lord and Miller, and I just want those guys to succeed because I think those guys are really, really smart in what the movies they do. So, um, yeah, it's not looking good, but oh well, what can you do? I found it. It's the Playmobil movie. There you go. The one it's got Anya Taylor-Joy and uh, Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's but, whatever yeah so that's the next uh lego movie spinoff yep, but so it's a french so that's a french that's film. a thing <laughs> yeah <Whatever>. so <laughs> see how that goes <laughs> but <laughs> it's the ultimate whatever <laughs> i feel like that movie will be lost pretty quickly <laughs> i'm not even thinking about it anymore and you told me about it three seconds ago <laughs> Uh, I can't remember what movie we're talking about, but Isn't It Romantic <laughs> opens up at number three this weekend. I see what you did there. $14.2 million domestically. I think Brennan and I both had this one pegged second or third last week uh, when we were predicting. And I think we were both pretty much on the nose with $14, $15 million. So it's actually performing pretty well. I mean... It's not going to be just a huge success. And I think a lot of that is a lot of its performance this week is just Valentine's Day bump uh, Mm -hmm. because this is a very Valentine's Day cheesy romantic comedy movie to go see. So I don't think this will have legs for very long. But again, kind of in a similar boat to Alita, there's nothing really like it coming out anytime in the next few weeks. And so it may just have enough to kind of coast by from here on out. Yeah, interesting. I because if you would have asked me last week, I would have said it would have had the great legs just because 
rom-coms are kind of underserved at the box office and we've seen the success of a bunch of Netflix movies that are kind of rom-coms. But um, I was doing some other research and I realized when we were kind of shuffling who was going to review what here at the site and I realized that Isn't It Romantic is only playing in theaters in the, U- in the U.S. and Canada and it's going straight to Netflix in two weeks at the end of February. Um, so it's kind of like what we saw with Annihilation um, last year where and only played in the U.S. and Paramount put it on Netflix everywhere else in the world, um, which is very interesting. I wonder. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a good get for Netflix because they probably gave uh, they probably gave Warner Brothers just enough so they could get a profit, basically no matter what happens here in the U.S. But like, I guess that speaks to they did they weren't really confident in it from the beginning, um, and it's it's an okay movie. Um, I it's I think it has the makings of becoming a crowd pleaser. It was really really funny. And the theater I saw, people were howling uh, uh, towards it, and it was re- and Liam Hem- Liam Hemsworth is really good in it. It's the first time I've liked Liam Hemsworth in a movie. Um, but yeah, this movie's it's kind of odd. It's an odd movie. Um, Thirty one million dollar budget. Uh, it's and it's when you include the early release, it's made about twenty million overall. So I would say if it can rack up about like fifth like forty or fifty million, and it's U.S. Uh, theatrical run and then I can't I can't imagine what Netflix paid for it to show it on Netflix but um, I would say this movie is probably not going to be the biggest hit in the world as far as looking at the pure numbers but it, I think it might make a cool little bag of cash for Warner Brothers when it's all said and done um, yeah I don't know what you think about yeah. it but I think especially with Netflix buying it I'm pretty sure well I don't think Warner Brothers really cares at this point because they've already made their money from you know what it's made in the theaters plus Netflix, whatever obscene amount of money they paid for it. But, you know, I'm, I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it's pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's, it's a movie that it doesn't say anything very intelligent about the things it's making fun of, but it just kind of like has Robert Wilson pointing out like, Oh, you're a cliche. Isn't that hilarious? But some of it actually is pretty funny. Um, but yeah, it's not. It's really nothing to get super excited about. Yeah, I, I figured it'd be a good Thursday night Valentine's Day movie, and then after that, it'll it'll be a Netflix night movie. So yeah, it's and I'm, I'm, it's yeah, it's one of those things where you're just not gonna think about it <laughs> a while yeah. after you see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll disappear pretty quickly. Yep. Um, so kind of moving on, number four is What Men Want, which is still hanging on fairly well at $10.9 million domestically. It's a 40% drop, so it's, you know, it could be worse. Yeah, this movie, I actually just saw it uh, today, actually. I saw it this morning because I, I was catching up on a few movies I missed earlier this month. And funny story, I just... I was going to go see Miss Bala afterwards, but I had just no desire to see that at all. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> but with what man want, um, it's $20 million budget and it's made about 36 so far, uh, 38 and change when you consider the worldwide uh, total into that. Um, so it's going to be a decent hit, I guess not maybe a hit, but it'll definitely make money back for Paramount. Um, uh, I I think it shot itself in the foot where it is so it, this movie is two hours long it is really really long and 
I f- I feel like if it got itself done like a minute, like an hour forty, hour forty five, like it could have played more times throughout the day and it would have increased its own money because uh, I was just exhausted by the end of the end of this yeah. movie because it's it's just everything you've seen in a movie before where everything goes great then you have the sec end of the second act where everything goes terrible and the person has to realize things that they're not good at and fix everything at the end so yeah there's there's what men want there's your movie review <laughs> so it plays into cliches and then just throws taraji p henson in your face until you get tired of it it's a good old-fashioned movie it's a That's movie <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever seen a movie script this is that <laughs> so uh, there you go so- <laughs> So moving on to a movie um, that I actually did see this weekend out of the three major releases, uh, Happy Death Day to You, opening at number five with $9.8 million. Uh, it's pretty significantly below the original. And, I mean, $9 million was the estimated budget, so it's broken even from a production standpoint. We'll still have to make marketing and, you know, whatever distribution costs. It's definitely not the opening that they anticipated. And the movie itself... You know, I've heard from other people that have seen it, I've heard, you know, nothing but good things. And I I really don't understand how I feel about this movie yet. <laughs> I think <laughs> from a from an execution standpoint, I think it was executed really well. But what they were trying to execute was so scattered and Frankenstein together that from like a script standpoint, I just think it's one of the most chaotic and nonsensical movies I've ever seen. I mean, I enjoyed it. The fun <laughs> hour and 45. But there's so many plot holes that it's easier to pick apart like the few things that do make sense than the million things that that don't or the, you know, countless loose ends that they they start and then just never come back to. And so I <laughs> I mean, kind of like what you said about what men want. This is a movie. I don't know how to feel about it, but I've seen it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Um, I I think I wrote my review, which uh, you should read on the website, uh, Shameless Pug. Um, but it's just like just don't think about this movie like at all. <laughs> just like just watch it and let it wash over you, and just let Jessica Roth being fun, just like just capture all of you because if you start thinking about this movie at all it just falls apart um it's like the classic issue with like a sequel or over explains like everything and it's like no don't do that <laughs> just like leave everything in mystery so that it's just it just makes more sense because it's simplified but yeah it's an odd odd movie and i feel like that's kind of why because it i think that's why it suffered at the box office because just every because like us every other like box office analyst out there was saying, Oh, this movie's going to hit this number and it's going to be fine. And, but like it, it, it went, it went underneath all of those projections. And so I guess my thought of it is just like, people were like, why is this a movie? Like, why does this exist? Um, I saw happy death day and it was fine. <laughs> and then they made a sequel, which is just so weird. And I think that's kind of why people just didn't see it. Um, Cause it's just, it's like, why is this a thing? I mean, I don't know. I just when I first saw that they were making another one, I was like, what? What the hell is this? Um, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I guess going back to the Blumhouse model, I mean, the movie was nine million dollars to make. 
And if you factor in its early release this week in foreign markets, it's made over $25 million already. So there you go. Uh, you've made money. Good job, Blumhouse. You're, at, you're, t- you're laughing all the way to the bank again. Um, so, yeah, a bizarre movie. But with Blumhouse, they can just take chances like this and see what happens because they don't really have a lot of risk involved. So it's just a really smart business model from them again. So, Yeah, actually – Kind of funny note about why does this movie exist? I went to go see Mary Queen of Scots like, I don't know, maybe a month and a half ago. And so in the theater, it was pretty much just me and then this group of older ladies that was just like doing their afternoon outing or whatever. And so they played the first two trailers. The first one was us and the ladies were just horrified. (laughs) And then the (laughs) the second trailer was for Happy Death Day to You and the lady next to me was like, did, did they really need to make that movie? <laughs> like, <laughs> is that something people really need to watch? <laughs> oh, I love I love going to the theater with old crotchety women. They're the best. <laughs> oh, they gave me that. Like, it was right after Christmas because they gave me like some of their Christmas candy. So I'd say it's oh, definitely beautiful. one of my top theater experiences. <laughs> I'm sure it was better than the movie itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mary, Queen of Scots was... Just kind of a historical mess at that too, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Happy Death Day to You was was a movie, um, and I mean, it's it's very scattered. So I've never seen the first one actually, but oh, interesting. I, so this was probably really crazy for you then. Yeah, so I watched the cinema sins on it just to kind of know what was going <laughs> on, and so because I mean they get to the point of. I mean, they, yeah, they break down every part that sucks about a movie, but they get to the point of what it is. And so, like, I kind of knew what to expect, and I knew the premise and the twist from the first movie and everything. And then going to see this, I didn't know if it was supposed to be a slasher movie or some kind of weird Back to the Future 2 tribute, which they even mentioned in the movie a few times. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, some sort of weird Groundhog Day spinoff. It's, like, it's just very scattered, and it starts off with you know, like very slashery and kind of, uh, you know, trippy and science fiction. And then all of a sudden it's like this family drama and then it's a slasher again and it's just all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's, I really like the, I, I, feel, I feel like I say, I feel the same way about both of these movies. I think I gave them both like a B minus or something like that um, for different reasons, but um, they're just, they're just, casually entertaining just with like the weird shit they throw at the screen just like hey like yeah. please like us here's do you like a baby killer here here's that do you like time travel here watch this <laughs> so um i just hope that for uh this movie's sake that jessica roth the lead actress just gets more roles because I, th- I just think she's wonderful and she's just like easily the best part of both of these movies um so i don't know i hope this like because this is a franchise now, technically, with two movies. And both of them have been moderate successes when you look at their budgets. So maybe that kind of turns into some type of career-defining thing for her, where she can move on and do some stuff. Or, I don't know. It's an odd, it's an odd thing. It's an oddity. But uh, with all the normal stuff that we see in theaters, I kind of like when things are weird and just uh, just all over the place. But, yeah, I don't no, know. I definitely <laughs> I definitely don't regret going to go see it because, um, I mean, I had you know just a fun, mindless two hours at the movies. But, yeah, I don't exactly know what box to put it in. And, you know, maybe the fact that it's underperforming the original. Well, because 
if if you watch the movie, it almost feels like they're trying to set it up to go a little bit further and to be a little bit more science fictiony um, moving forward. And so maybe if this one doesn't, you know, gross enough to warrant a sequel, then maybe that'll free up Jessica Roth and some of the other cast members to use the attention to go do a little bit, you know, different things. Yeah, they're the cast. I was surprised because in the first movie, it's basically just Jessica Roth, but they're they were kind of fun. They're this the cast is all game. They know what movie they're in, even if I don't know what movie they're in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's an odd movie, and I think it kind of goes why to it's underperforming. People are like don't really know what to make of it, and it's just like what is this thing? Like I don't I don't understand what this is, so I'm not gonna see it. I'm gonna stay home at Netflix and watch Office the office again yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, so, that's what i would <laughs> yeah i don't that's why i didn't go I see alita this weekend <laughs> <laughs> there you go um do you want to cover some loose ends i guess yeah this week so as, as far as the box office goes some loose ends is wreck it ralph uh, or ralph breaks the internet jumped up quite a bit um it ranked 29th last week and it's up at 15th Pulled in 916,000 uh, was its weekend gross, which was a 167.9% jump. And it played in almost a thousand more theaters. So it, you know, I'm not a hundred percent sure what the, the huge Ralph breaks the internet craze was after, you know, almost three months of it being out. But apparently a lot of people went to go see it this weekend. Yeah. It's, you know what, it's just occurring to me that I'm looking at the numbers again. Um, what D- Disney likes to do this a lot with some of their movies. What you'll see uh, when people look at this that it's nearing 200 million at the, at the domestic box office, and Disney likes those round numbers that they can share. They can go out to shareholders and things like that and say, "Hey, this movie grossed over 200 million dollars." And they they did the same thing with A Wrinkle in Time back last year. They were desperately trying to get that movie over 100 million dollars <laughs> domestically, like they. They put it out and they did the same thing where they re-released it and then they put it in a double feature with Black Panther to get people to see it just so that it would go over $100 million. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing here. It's just the same thing of being able to be like, hey, look how successful we are. Look at this big round number that we that this movie surpassed. Um, yeah, Disney likes to do that. I don't know why it didn't occur to me before, but they just like – it's all about show kind of. They don't care if it takes – a couple more weeks and maybe it costs them money to get there, but they just like those round numbers to share to people. So don't, don't know why it didn't occur to me before, but <laughs> yeah. And then probably the most exciting loose end at 41st in the uh, top 50 box office rankings is cat video <laughs> fest 2019. <laughs> yes. With... Please explain, please explain this in great, in great detail to all of our listeners. <laughs> So uh, Cat Video Fest, for anybody that's not aware of it, as I wasn't until about an hour ago, is basically the internet just unleashed on a theater audience. So you can submit your videos to the official Cat Video Fest group, and then every year they curate what they think are the, the best or the funniest cat videos and then they screen them they donate the money to charity to help cats around the world so if you're a cat fan and you weren't at cat video fest 2019 i think you need to be a cat video fest 2020 (laughs) that's amazing this is this is so weird i love this is why i love looking at like the lower parts of the box office you just get you just get such weird things like this that are just amazing (laughs) i love it 
and then we can't forget replicas forty uh, fourth coming in with a <laughs> cool two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, replicas. Oh boy, Keanu Reeves. Um, yeah, this movie's a dumpster fire. <laughs> um, I, um, I don't even. There's. I think this is going. This movie's going to end up on a lot of worst of the year lists. Um, I didn't. It's not good, um, but I kind of appreciated it. And looking from looking at it, like an odd sense where it's the entire movie's kind of like improv logic, where it's just like. Oh, something happened. Now let's figure out how to solve that problem. And like, it just keeps stacking on top of each other where um, I don't think that's really going to translate for most people, but <laughs> because most people just outright hate this thing. And I don't blame it. I don't blame them at all. But, uh, and the, the last thing that I, the last thing that I wanted to mention with the box office this week was uh, fighting with my family, which um, opened, it had its premiere this week in four theaters. Uh, it's typically, I forget how it works, but it's typically two in New York and two in LA when I, you'll see a lot of movies open in four theaters that are pretty um, prestigious um, independent movies. Um, and this movie won the per screen average for the week. So it made about 30, about 33,000 uh, uh, per screen for a total, a little over 130,000. So good job for fighting with my family. Um, it actually had a I when I went to Sundance a few weeks ago. It actually had a like a secret screening there, a secret world premiere, and Buzz was really good for that. So I'm I I would like to look at this movie in the coming weeks. I think it might make a cool little uh, sum of money for itself because it has the Rock's involvement and all of his uh, social media presence to really push this movie and things like that. And it's WWE, so I think this movie could be a little sleeper hit for a lot of people out there. So I just wanted to mention it. Yeah. And I think it starts wide releasing this coming weekend. So yes, you should see it jump quite a bit. So that kind of covers the box office, just a few other miscellaneous movie things. Um, in the past week, DC has had two pretty big announcements. So they announced the spinoff for Aquaman about the trench, which is basically the area where Aquaman goes to get his scepter or his, uh, trident whatever you want to call it, uh, towards the movie's climax. So they're turning that into a movie. I'm not 100% sure DC is taking the right lessons from Aquaman, but we're getting more Aquaman either way. So, <laughs> Yeah, I like to call that Trident the MacGuffin, because that's just what yeah. it is. But, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, Aquaman has made over $1.1 billion now. So it's an absurd hit. And now Warner Brothers, just like I could just imagine them like in a meeting room on like on a whiteboard being like Aquaman stuff. What do we got? Yeah, I think the next spinoff that they should really be pursuing is the fish that Nicole Kidman eats at the beginning. I think just a whole universe around that fish would be it's it's really what they need to take Aquaman to the next level. Warner Brothers, you're doing some weird stuff and I kind of appreciate it, but I don't really know what what's going to come of it. But (laughs) and then. (laughs) Uh, ben Affleck officially, for like the third time, has uh, officially said that he's not Batman anymore, which, I mean, take that how you will. I am honestly kind of upset by it because I don't think DC ever gave his version of Batman the chance to live up to Ben Affleck's potential. And I was really excited for the Batman when he was, you know, behind it 100%. I'm still excited for it because I really like Matt Reeves as a director, but I'm kind of lamenting over the fact that we'll never get like a true 
Ben Affleck supported Ben Affleck Batman. Yeah, it's it's it is a bummer because we he was never it was never totally his movie. Like he was thrown into basically what was Man of Steel two for Batman v Superman, um, yeah. and Justice League. He's just one of the one of the team members in that. Um, but he also, I mean, credit to him, it looks like he's recovering from whatever he had to deal with. But he had some personal issues that he had to work through. So it just, it just, it didn't seem like it was a good time for him. Um, and he looked kind of sad <laughs> the whole time. Sad. <laughs> Throw back to sad Affleck. Um, but yeah, I don't. Who do you who do you think would be the best choice for a new Batman? Because it seems like they want to go a little younger. So I've heard. I mean, they've thrown around like Jake Gyllenhaal in the past, which I don't know if I want to do that. But um, yeah. yeah, I heard Robert Pattinson was pretty high up on the ranking. And I mean, this will probably be a little controversial, but I'd honestly prefer if they didn't go for a new Batman right off the bat. And they used it as an opportunity to explore more of, you know, Batman's circle of, of pals. And so I think there's a lot of room, like with Batgirl, which I think might not be coming anymore. I'm not sure. I know Joss Whedon stepped away, so I don't know where it's at right now. But I think you have potential, like with Robin, they've been teasing the dead Robins versus, you know, I'm assuming there's some version of Robin that's still alive in the whole DC universe and and so I'd like to see them kind of explore Robin a little bit more maybe Nightwing some of the other side back characters rather than delivering us you know the Batman story because we've had 30 years of movies of Batman so we we know the story pretty well by now and I think there's a lot of wiggle room especially in a shared universe to explore some unexplored parts of it and honestly Chris O'Donnell cannot be the the latest version of Robin anymore we need that (laughs) (laughs) i think yeah i think what we're seeing with uh warner brothers it's just it's a very i I, it's a very interesting strategy in terms of capturing box office because i think from my perspective they're doing a lot of like high variance um bet making here where they're they're keying in on a lot of interesting smaller projects that might not do great but they could be a massive massive success for them um, we're look, looking, we're waiting for the Joker later in October um, of this year, where it's another one of their, what are their, they're calling like their origins division type of deal. And this might be, I wonder if this could be like the same type of thing where it's just a really odd offshoot and they're kind of doing this same thing with Birds of Prey as well. Um, so it's, it's interesting. And I think they'll, we'll see out of this, we'll see a, bunch of highs and lows out of it but when it hits i think it could be something really special which i think is kind of cool yeah and i think dc is finally moving away from the marvel playbook so justice league 2 is pretty much on ice um oh definitely yeah at this point given the fact that affleck is gone cavill is probably gone but no one will say officially um i think they're really moving off into like the weird sex of the DC universe. So doing more with suicide squad and giving it to James Gunn, which I am super excited about. I think the Joker is like a weird superhero indie movie. <laughs> and so I'm excited <laughs> to see what they do with that. They scrapped Jared Leto's Joker movie, which I think was a terrific decision because a, his Joker is just a weird Jim Carrey impression and B having two Joker movies when people don't even want to go see one justice league movie 
uh, seemed like a terrible idea. So I'm glad they're, they seem to be taking steps in the right direction and doing new things and things that, you know, haven't been seen ad nauseum yet. Yeah, we'll see. I, I give them credit. They're trying different things. I know last year they, after the whole AT&T merger finished, they brought in a new marketing team to market all their movies and, um, they're really trying to do different things, uh, from now on, which I kind of appreciate. So, yeah. Yeah. And then a few more side things. So the Oscars announced two weeks ago that they were going to cut several categories, including cinematography. And I believe, uh, makeup and hairstyling was in there. And I can't remember the other two exactly. I think it was film editing and I can't remember the last one. But they announced they were going to cut those and then package them and play them afterwards. After enough uproar, they've backtracked on that. So now everything is going to play instead of commercials. Um, so yay for them, I guess. They're kind of learning their lesson. And then real quick before we go, I don't know if you've seen the uh, latest Aladdin teaser. <laughs> yep, that's a, that's but, a thing. What did you there's think a, of the genie? There's a genie there. Um I really, I really enjoyed Will Smith's floating face in the middle of a not perfectly rendered uh, CGI um, outlook. is is creepy. I think it haunted me for in my dreams for like the next week. So, thanks Disney. Really appreciate that. Um, <laughs> uh, this movie, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it looks like a movie that the that the internet will get mad at, and we're gonna have to deal with and write about, and it's gonna make me angry. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, that's what I think about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to keep an open mind. And, you know, I understand that they're rebooting everything. And even if Robin Williams was still alive, it would still feel weird him being replaced with Will Smith. But just <laughs> that teaser trailer is not doing it for me. The genie, as you said, just looks like a, a blob. And he's so weirdly proportioned because he's almost regular sized. Like his his body is almost human sized, but it's just off enough that it's weird and creepy and not, you know, what you would expect or hope for. He has a really big neck. If yeah. you've noticed that it looks like that, that um, meme that was circling around a little bit ago with the, the guy who had his mug shot and he just had the most <laughs> massive neck you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> it kind of looks like that, but in genie form. So just think of that image before you go to sleep tonight, everybody. <laughs> I don't think I'll be sleeping tonight. <laughs> so, All right. Anyways, I think that pretty much wraps it up. We'll meet back next week. Thanks for listening to the Movie Babble podcast. Again, you can find us online at moviebabblereviews.com. I've been your host, Colin. Today I was joined by Nick. And feel free to check us out next week as we discuss the opening of How to Train the Dragon 3, The Hidden World. Thank you.